Well, good morning, London. Good morning, world. This is the Truckers Podcast. I am your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. Monday at 11 a.m., February the 22nd. Thank you for joining me this morning. Welcome to the show. I hope everybody had a good weekend. Here we are Monday. It's about four weeks until springtime. So I want to touch on this one article this morning. Um, It's about uh, flying back to Canada. And here's what you can expect at the new COVID. 19 quarantine hotels. This goes into effect today. So for all you travelers out there who decided to snub the uh, travel advisories and go to Florida or Arizona or California or wherever you decided to head out to. So now, today, Monday, Canada's mandatory COVID-19 quarantine hotel stays will go into effect. The new rule is part of an effort to reduce non-essential travel and get ahead of the new virus variant and to get ahead of just COVID, three of which have already been confirmed inside this country. Anyone flying into Canada will be forced to stay in an approved hotel, either in Alberta, British Columbia, Ontario, or Quebec, while they wait negative test results. And oh, by the way, even before you board that flight back to Canada, 72 hours prior to that flight, you have to have a COVID-19 test done and it must be negative. Our Prime Minister Justin Trudeau had initially touted a hefty $2,000 stay per room 
but the cost is expected to be much lower and will be set by the hotels. A spokesperson for the Hotel Association of Canada told Global News that the cost of each stay will vary between hotels with additional fees for meals, security, supervised movement to outdoor areas, designated transportation and additional infection control measures. Supervised movement for outdoors. Look at that, you even get yard time. However, the, the association added that it will continue to implement the advice of public health experts, including the best practice provided by the public health agencies of Canada. So here's what you can expect flying back into Canada for those who snubbed the travel advisories and just went on your merry way anyhow. Each privately owned hotel has agreed to meet operational guidelines and selection criteria set by the federal government. Health Canada said it will allow people who own cars that have been parked at one of the, these airports to drive themselves there. So you gotta make sure you're going there and no place else. Those who are without their own vehicle will be allowed to take either a designated shuttle, bus, taxi, or a limousine. Travelers will not be allowed to leave their rooms unless escorted by an, an official for a monitored outdoor time. So you get some yard time while you're staying in your three-day quarantine in the hotel. But all guests will be provided with free with uh, free Wi-Fi, as well as contactless meal deliveries to their door. Alcohol and cannabis are not considered essential and won't be delivered to your door. Try to 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 uh, try to uh, try not to make a mess because toiletry, uh, the toiletries will be delivered, but there will be no room cleaning service for the duration of a guest stay to help prevent any possible spread of infection between guests and all staff members. So don't be trashing your hotel room for the three days that you're there. Masks will be mandatory for anyone staying at the hotel and will be required when speaking face-to-face -face with hotel staff. When opening the door to retrieve breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and whenever a guest is being escorted to and from their room. Private security firms hired by the federal government are expected to help enforce the 14-day mandatory quarantine and conduct an in-person compliance visits. Anyone who tests positive will be required to stay a full 14 days either in a federally designed quarantine facility or another suitable location. 
The penalty for breaking the rule is high. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. I'm just talking about uh, this one subject this morning first, about the new uh, mandatory travel restrictions that have come into uh, effect today, February the 22nd, for all travelers returning back to Canada. Now, one of the rules before even arriving back into Canada is that all travelers returning to Canada must have a COVID-19 test done 72 hours prior to their flight. And then upon arrival back into Canada at um, the designated airports uh, by the government, and that would be Toronto, Montreal, um, Vancouver, and there was one other one here. I don't see where it is here, but there's four airports that the airplanes can only uh, land at. So what people can expect is before you came on the show, um, you'll have to have another COVID-19 test done uh, upon your arrival back into Canada at your own expense. You then will be have to stay in a motel for three days at your own expense. And those prices will be uh, whatever the hotel uh, puts those prices at. They're doing this because people just totally went against travel advisories. Taken off to Florida, taken off to Arizona, taken off to California, taken off to any other sunshine destination. Just snubbing their noses at the rules and not really giving any consideration of this pandemic. Now, people who land at these airports, if they have their own car parked there, they'll be able to drive to the designated hotel and you better show up because they'll be looking for you if you don't. Those who don't own a vehicle will be allowed uh, to take a shuttle, a bus, a taxi to the designated hotel. The travelers will not be allowed to leave their rooms unless escorted by an official for monitored outdoor time. Even, you even get yard time. Just like jail, you get supervised yard time. Now, the penalty, as I was getting into here, the penalty for breaking the rules is high. The federal government 
said fines can go up to $3,000 for a day of non-compliance. And breaking any quarantine or isolation rules when entering Canada could land travelers a fine of $750,000 or six months in jail. Breaking from those requirements and causing death or serious bodily harm is punishable for a fine of a million dollars and up to three years in prison. The federal government also outlines these guidelines on its website. So you can go to the, the, the Canada government website and you can look up the travel restrictions that are now in effect coming back here into Canada. Now, I noticed when I was watching the news yesterday, people were flying in yesterday and over the weekend because they didn't want to have to face these requirements starting today. For those who are coming today and after, It's gonna cost you probably for the three day stay in the hotel, probably around $1,500. See, the government actually had to do something because people are just not listening. coming back and testing positive for COVID-19. We're trying to get out of this mess. And then you have the people who traveled from Ontario and Quebec. They put their vehicles on a transport truck. They got it transported over to the, over to the border because that's the only way you could cross the Canadian and American border is by transport trucks. So they have their car or, or their RV taken over by transport truck. They would fly into the United States because there's no restrictions and they'd go on their merry way down to Florida, Arizona, or California for the winter. These measures are put into place until April the 30th, these new travel restrictions coming back into Canada until April the 30th. Now, people down there are, are, are complaining, Canadians are complaining about these new rules. Well, far as I'm concerned, you have nothing to complain about. This is your problem, how much you have to pay to get back into the country and the rules that you have to follow to get back into the country, not my problem. You chose to go against the travel advisories. So they can either like it or lump it. I really don't care because that's your problem. It was going to cost you $1,500 on an upwards of $2,000 for a three-day stay in a hotel because of your stupidity, because of your ignorance. That's your problem. Now, Canada is um, starting to ramp up 
their vaccine campaign. We lag behind a little bit because of uh, uh, the shortage of, of uh, Pfizer and Moderna, and because of that, it's uh, put things behind here in Canada. Uh, what did I do with my little story here? Oh, there it is right there. Now, people may have to have online bookings um, for when the mass uh, immunization begins here across Canada. So the pros and cons, the pros and cons of online booking portals for COVID-19 vaccines once the mass immunization begins. So the most provinces and territories will begin uh, using online portals to sign to sign Canadian Canadians up for the COVID-19 vaccination as they become more widely available next month. Every province that has shared their plans will use some online sign up, as will the Yukon and the Northwest Territories. The option to book by phone will be available across Canada. While the vaccination started back in December 2020, that soon changing is the pace and distribution list. From targeted high-risk groups like seniors and long-term care homes to the general population, starting with the oldest first in many jurisdictions. Now, It's great for people who have access to the, to the internet. They have a laptop or they have a iPad or they have a cell phone, you know, that they'd be able to do anything online. Um, for those who don't have access to any of these things because they can't afford them, even by telephone, you know, not everybody can afford a phone plan. So they have to pay as you go. And waiting on hold could just be eating up your minutes and of trying to book a time to get your, your, your vaccination shots. Now there's gotta be other ways they could potentially be doing this because here in the city of London where I reside, we have plenty of, of facilities that are large enough that at certain times of the day, people can voluntarily go and wait in line to get a vaccination. And even with uh, pharmacies, you know, be able to uh, eventually um, get your vaccine shot at a pharmacy as well. Now, 
while health officials and independent experts agree online appointments booking sites will be essential to managing a mass vaccination campaign, they've already raised problematic questions of equity and even in parts of the United States. Booking has prevented senior citizens racialized individuals and poor people from getting fair access to vaccination. And in some cases, activists have stepped up and, and booked the, the vaccinations for those people who lack the technology. We can see the same problem here north of the border, here in Canada. Newfoundland and Labrador, nor New Brunswick will confirm plans for online booking options. Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta um, intended to offer web-based signups without providing a timeline. Here in uh, uh, well, Quebec and here in Ontario and British Columbia all say they will launch an online sites for booking vaccinations relatively soon. Well, we need to get on something. Because as these vaccines start pouring in, then at some point, you know, it's going to be somebody's turn to get vaccinated and how they're going to be able to, to, uh, to go about it. Ontario um, said it has successfully tested a scheduling site and developed it, it developed with three American companies in January. BC said its booking site will be launched to the public in March. Online booking portals currently running in the Yukon and Nova Scotia um, will be up and running uh, pretty soon. Now, with millions of Canadians clamoring for the COVID-19 vaccines, using technology to help facilitate booking the shots will make the, make the process more convenient for many Canadians and more efficient for health departments. Well, it does, but we still have to look at the people who can't do it online. Now, this individual here in Canada, he's talking about for seniors, racialized groups, low income groups, and people with disabilities who have been at a higher risk of getting COVID-19 are exactly the same groups who are less likely to have computers, broadband, and be, and, and be digitally savvy. Having call centers for phone bookings isn't a fix all. If people are using pay-as-you-go, like I said, credits, credits end up on hold for hours, 
and that means they could use up their their credits with, with what they have for a week they could use it up in a matter of hours of waiting on hold to book in an appointment now we're going to have to have a lot of phone lines open. Still, it doesn't matter. And there's going to be, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be groups out there that is going to be able to help people navigate this system who otherwise don't have that tech that a lot of people do have. organizations all around the city here in the city of London will be helping individuals who otherwise don't have access to a computer or a cell phone or even a phone in order to get appointments for their vaccine shot for COVID-19. Now, several provinces have announced plans for, for mobile vaccine clinics, focused immunization teams and community clinics set up by the local public health unit to reach vulnerable groups of just what I've just said. Now, this is going to be a long process of getting Canadians vaccinated. So this one individual, she says she's worried about getting a booking for her mother who is 80. She says it's just frustrated because her feeling is that they've had quite a few weeks to be able to prepare for this plan. So she's just looking to have it publicized so that the vaccine is starting to, as it's starting to come in. So this vaccine campaign is like, you know, I said on my shows before, um, just for the logistics, you know, to get these needles into the arms is on an epic level, like never seen before. By the end of September, here in Canada, all Canadians will be able to get the vaccine shot. Now, hopefully by the end of the year, if not most, maybe all Canadians will be vaccinated. But we have to put in consideration, will there be another setback on these vaccines being delivered? And that setback already has been caused by Pfizer because they had to update a facility in Europe in order to meet 
the demands of countries all over the world. So I'm pretty sure, you know, um, the agencies um, are well aware, are they're, they're obviously well aware that um, the difficulties people um, are going to have um, when it comes to booking your appointment time online and getting these mobile clinics out into the general population, into communities in order to uh, get these individuals um, vaccinated. Today, um, in the retirement home that my parents um, reside, starting this afternoon, they will be getting their first shot of this vaccine which I'm really relieved that they are getting their first vaccine shot today. And like I've said before on my show, I said, I, you know what? I'm a patient guy. I'll wait as long as it takes for my turn to come up. But right now, you know, the most vulnerable people are getting the vaccines first. Along with healthcare professionals. And so on and so forth before it moves into the general population. Nursing homes, retirement homes, hospitals frontline workers all have to be vaccinated first. And then they'll move into the general population. So we know what happens sometimes when, you know, the portals go up for people to, to um, book appointments. <clears throat> And that um, it can be overly easily overwhelmed by how many people are logging in and signing up and stuff like that, that, you know, it could just crash. The site could just go down. So hopefully, you know, that doesn't happen. Then we don't run into those sorts, those sort of problems. But um, Canada is lagging behind on the vaccines, unfortunate. Um, but uh, that's not our government's fault. Um, they've been working tirelessly, uh, like everybody else, um, to get these vaccines rolling. And, you know, who would have thought that we would even have a vaccine? you know, this early in the fight against COVID-19. 
you know, talking back, you know, last February when they were mentioning vaccines, they're talking a couple of years or more down the road before we we even see it. And here we are, you know, back in December, vaccines start rolling out. So we really got to thank, you know, the 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 uh, scientists behind all this: Pfizer, Moderna, potentially, you know, and Johnson and Johnson's working on them, and others. In the shorter time that they were able to get these vaccines out, and the immunity that it gives you, I mean, ninety-five percent protection. The flu shot's 98%. Here in Ontario, we're just, we're just, you know, starting to come out of lockdowns and stay at home order. Now, more information on that, you can go on the Canadian, on the Ontario government's um rollout plan on reopening ontario and the color-coded phases that um, each community city um, are going to be going through you can find that on the ontario uh, ontario canada's website and what each of those color codes mean uh, for when uh, you know as we're reopening here in ontario today Actually, this is only the second week, really, that um, most places have come out of lockdowns and stay-at-home orders orders here in Ontario, Canada. Now, you know, this is why it's so important to, um, you know, get these vaccinations rolling we start getting ahead of COVID-19 and these other variants of this virus that it's not just you know it's not just here in Canada that these variants are here you know, spreading all around the world. The United Kingdom variant, the South African variant. And what the top health care professionals are afraid of is that um, here in Canada, that um, they don't want, you know, people opening businesses too fast. So that's why we have this color-coded system in place here in Ontario. And like I said, you can go on the, on the um, Ontario website and you'll be able to um, look up what these color codes mean for each area as we start to reopen. It starts, you know, with green 
yellow, orange, red, and gray. And um, we're taking it slow this time. I, mean, I know last spring when we went out, you know, when things start to open up, you know, we went a little fast. And over the period of time leading up into the fall and winter, you know, we were seeing way too many cases and we went into lockdown. Went into lockdown and stay at home orders. For most of uh, December, all of January, and only up to about a week ago when we started to lift these lockdowns and stay at home orders. Now with these vaccines rolling out, um, it's gonna take a while. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, this pandemic, even though needles are going in the arms, you know, my prediction, my opinion is that we're not going to be out of the woods just yet. What is what is flu season basically? Flu season's here. Flu season starts back in like October. But we have here in Canada, I think I think we maybe had maybe ten cases of the flu in the entire country of thirty seven million people. From October, from October to to March, is that when is that for you? Or, or are you are you asking that you know, or we should have you know locked down from October to March? No, we waited is what we did. We waited till after the Christmas rush. And then we went to lockdown. Yeah, oh, I see, I understand now. I, yeah, October to March, yes, yes. But even so, you know, um, people were saying we, we should have, you know, went to lockdown before Christmas, because cases were just going out of control. Yeah, they do, actually. They do. They do, because you know what? You know what? Because um, the, the, COVID, the COVID shots, the COVID vaccines might be something that we might have to do once a year. We may need a booster once a year. You know, just like the flu shot, you should get a flu shot once a year. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know what? Because, you know, everybody, everybody is sanitizing their hands. Everybody's wearing a mask or most everybody's wearing a mask anyways, you know, and sanitizing your hands. And that's pretty amazing that, you know, if you take, if you just do the little things, even through the flu season, staying home when you're sick, staying away people, staying away from people who you know have the flu, has the flu, washing your hands constantly. You know, so, but it appears to be that, um, you know, this, this, this virus, um, um, transmits um, fairly easily and fairly quickly. So like I said, it's something that, you know, we may have to have, you know, a booster shot once a year. Maybe, maybe every two years we may, may have to have a booster shot. But um, I'm hoping by July, August, that, um, you know, this vaccine campaign um, here in Canada um, is, is at full steam ahead. And that we don't have any more setbacks. Um, you know, the economies around the world, people, you know, we can't afford to, to be in lockdowns and stay at home orders. We can't be, we can't afford to be out of work. Well, you know, exercise and stuff like that too. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, um, keeping your, keeping, keeping your, um, your, your uh, immune system um but the, the problem is you know not everybody has that great of an immune system people have compromised immune system underlying conditions so but eating right exercise you know doing those things um, stuff like that, sure, it can help, absolutely. You know, but no need for vaccines. I don't know about that. You know, um, still, I mean, I recommend people to get vaccinated for the flu. You know, and uh, of course, you know, with the vaccines rolling out for COVID nineteen, I recommend that you get the uh, the shots for for COVID nineteen as well. And that, so, I mean, even after, um, you know, the vaccine gets rolling really well, I mean, we're still gonna be wearing masks. We're still gonna be social distancing. You know, we're still gonna be doing all the things that we're doing until there's very little or no cases left. Because there, there isn't really, you know, we can't let our guards down just because you've been vaccinated.
So we're still going to have to be very careful. Well, that's what people need to do. People need to change their tune. You know, so it's not just here in Canada, the United States, uh, other countries around the world. Uh, you, you know, you have the rule breakers. Doesn't matter where you are on this planet. You're going to have the rule breakers. Here in Canada, if you're going to be a rule breaker, it's going to cost you a whole lot of money. Because we're not fooling around here in Canada. My, my, uh, my uh, next uh, episode um, will be on uh, what happens when you break the rules. Well, it probably, you know, it, it probably sounds just, just like that. So, like I said, if you want to know more about the, the travel restrictions that took effect today here in Canada, you can go on the Canada's website and search the travel restrictions. And then maybe people will think twice about traveling because these restrictions that just came in effect today are, are pretty strict for anybody returning back to Canada. It's something that the government needed to do because people just were not listening, doing non-essential trips, putting people at risk, putting yourselves at risk. And these measures that are coming into effect today are necessary. So thank you for joining me this morning, ladies and gentlemen, here on the Truckers Podcast Morning Show Coffee with you where we always social distance here on the Truckers Podcast. So have yourself a, a great week. Be safe out there. Ladies and gentlemen, be safe out there. Follow the rules. Let's all work together. And we can get out of this mess that this world is in. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. Take care, everybody. Be safe out there, and thank you. Thank you.